from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report. We're counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. wow. I'm Fender Bailey, co-founder of World of Wonder, with James St. James, editor of the Wow Report. Hello. And Tom Campbell. Hello, hello, hello. Chief Code Officer. James is is having technical difficulties. He says that he's hearing everybody's voice echoed. I don't know if it's the microphone system or James's natural synapse at this point in his life. I I think it might be the quaaludes I took right before the show started. (laughs) They're just just kicking in. (laughs) Well, before maybe Mercury's in retrograde. (laughs) Usually is. Let's start the countdown number 10. Number 10. I want to get right into Divorce Gate. Now, this doesn't have to do with Matt Gates, the uh, the uh, uh, child <laughs> rapist, um, or or it doesn't have to do with the fact that Ben Affleck was seen with J-Lo after her breakup with A-Rod. It's Divorce Gate. Bill and Melissa Gates Oh, they're divorcing. Now, after 27 those, years, those are two people I could care less about in terms of like marriage and romance until they announce a divorce. And suddenly I'm Googling. I'm finding out how long they've been together, which is they've been married 27 years, but together as a couple for 34 years. I realized that they're just about my age or she is. And she met him like in 1987 in Seattle at some like. I don't know, nerd computer beyond they were playing my comprehension. Clue. They, they were playing a game of Clue, I think, and yeah. she won, and that's when he realized he wanted to marry her, is what the story I heard. I like that. All it took was her to figure out was the lead, Miss Scarlet with the lead pipe in the library. He's like, this woman's got a brain on her shoulder. She's going far. <laughs> now, um, I, I'm so tacky, but, you know, there's a lot of money at stake. So this, do they is, are they richer or poorer than like uh bezos jeff bezos um bezos is like 154 billion and they're 127 billion so they're it's it's going to be the probably the second costliest divorce in history because she didn't have a prenup and obviously they created the uh the bill and melissa gates foundation and they do great stuff for the world at least they say they do and i have to believe them um uh so how will this affect all that? We'll be able to work together. And the only thing I can think of as a single man with cats is if you're going to get married, if you're going to get divorced after 34 years of being together, 27 years of marriage, is there someone else involved? Is there a Lauren Sanchez in you know uh, 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 in Mr. Gates' life? And why does it feel like it has to be his life? Like he's making room for someone else. Do you, you feel well, that suspicion? You would think that after 34 years that like anything can roll off your back that like right. what is so bad that it, that after 34 years, you can't deal with it at all. I mean, like if it, if he snores, you've gotten used to that after the first year, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, there's nothing that like, if you put up with someone that long, then you can put up with them the rest of your life probably, unless there is a cheating situation. Because or live separate lives very easily, like with the wealth yeah. and amount of homes and the common. Yeah, she can go to Morocco and he can go. He can yeah. stay in, you know. In so Silicon we're not, at the, you know, these two very sexy people, Bill and Melissa Gates. Uh, you know, we'll get to the bottom of this. I have to say, I've seen lots of memes. I think um, uh, I've seen drag queens who change their last name to Gates now because they think they're like, like Bill Gates is going <laughs> to be there. right. I saw um, that. I, I saw uh, something that uh, Melinda was dating Pete Davidson already. <laughs> <laughs> And then, um, and then I saw Melinda, and it, she was in front of a Mac, and it was like Melinda buys her first Mac because she was never allowed to because he was always Mike, you know, Microsoft. <laughs> so it's always sad when people break up. This one's going to be uh, a, a divestiture like we have not seen, and I'm waiting for the other uh, high heel shoe to drop, if you will. Oh, you can read well. We'll read more about these divorces and splits. On, on the Wow Report. Um, <laughs> what a smooth transition that was. Uh, it's almost like you were listening to us the whole time and you weren't, Phantom. But... <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I, there's, uh, I can't really say what it is. There's a, there's a legal storm incoming. It's just been like going on from, for a while with complicated 
thing that's trying to be worked out. So are you emailing legal notes while we're on the You're air? A little multitasking. <laughs> I, I, did, I did call him earlier and he snapped at me and said, I am dealing with legal. I can't <laughs> take this right now, James. All day long. It's funny though, because James, you showed up at home today. And I was like, why did you show up at home? Why didn't you just call? And you were like, my phone. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it is. I would never just show up on your doorstep unless I love a problem. I wish you would more often. But I think it, it makes you realize like how we are completely dependent, not only on our phones, yeah. but on this technological like you know we are lost yeah. souls without 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 the internet without our cell phones without wi-fi it's like you know i had a charging um, problem yesterday and it put me into a, a dark hole for two hours you yeah, did well, your, it, your was, computer kept on charging and turning on and turning off did you it, apparently that's been fixed right it got fixed but i made an apple store appointment at the beverly center a very brave thing uh, on thursday anyway you're going to the Genius Bar. Yes, in person. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with that. Okay, we're doing the countdown. We're counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow, we've done number 10. We're now on to number nine. Number nine. James. Number nine. You know, I've been watching a lot of Sven I don't know if we've talked about this. Sven is kind of like an Elvira-type character. He has a television show. He's had it for 30 years. He started in Chicago, and he plays really bad B-movies from the 50s and 60s horror films. And then he, in between, he does little skits, and there's like a little skeleton and a rubber chicken that are his co-hosts. And it's very silly. And he, I've been really, it's on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, and I do it every week. And this week, they had a new restored copy of uh the ghost and mr chicken the great donn uh knots classic you gotta know this tom I'm i getting, do I'm getting, okay i because i've got nothing from you i'm getting a blank the I'm ghost sorry, i was mr. getting chicken. a text i was looking at we're terrible i'm all on you can 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 someone pay attention to the damn the podcast ghost mr. Chicken is when don knots when both of you are are mia is it just me carrying the whole damn thing <laughs> We're shooting in the middle of the afternoon. We should be doing this at, at the end of the day. Anyway, um, let's the, the, try this again. The Ghost <laughs> and Mr. Chicken, a new print. Tom. A new print of The Ghost and Mr. Chicken with Don Knotts, where he has to yes. spend a night in a haunted house to prove that it's not haunted? Yes, Don Knotts. Thing, there's a ghost in a haunted house, and he goes and spends the night in the haunted house, and then nobody believes him, and he writes this whole yes, yes, yes. And there's the 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 organ with the covered in the bloody um, fingerprints, and there's a couple great lines in it that they keep going going back to over and over again. There's one there's the town drunk, and you never see him, but you always hear him say, "Attaboy, Lou." And he keeps, he keeps saying, Adam, and I think that's where they got Barney on The Simpsons because it's this running joke. And then there's another joke about how they can't wash the blood stains out. And they keep all the old women keep saying, and they used Bonami. And that's like this sort of running joke again. Bonami was the same. Anyway, but the whole point of this is that the theme song to The Ghost of Mr. Chicken was by the great Mick, Vic Mizzy, who did the the monsters he did the adams family he did the green acres theme it's the 60s fantastic i think i hope we can play it going out because it sounds like the monsters but it's 60s organ with like 60s psychedelic it's so good and the whole the music in it is just absolutely fantastic and i want to get the album or the CD, or As whatever. As a the- kid, I saw that because it was perfect. Because it's it's very juvenile in its humor, correct? Yes, yes. You know, it's made for adults, and it has scary stuff too. So when you're like five or six, that's like an excellent uh, combo. And I do yes. remember the portrait of a beautiful woman, woman, and someone like I feel like there's pliers that are thrown that yes, are yes, he comes her down neck. And there's pliers and blood streaming and from the blood portrait comes out of the portrait. That was that's have stuck with me to this day. I can have nightmares about that tonight. You know, because Don Knotts, after he did, you know, um, the Andy Griffith show, he went on to do The Incredible Mr. Limpet. And he did uh, he did a, a, like something like The Fastest Gun in the West or so, like some Western, The Apple Dumpling Gang. He did a whole bunch of Disney really- stuff. But the Mr. Yeah. Limpet thing, I believe he was married to Carol Cook, the actress who was Lucy's backgammon 
partner in Mr. Limpet, <laughs> where he falls into the ocean and becomes a fish. He wishes he was a fish, and half the movie is animated. With yes, Don yes. Yeah. So it's it's just it was a really fun thing. I just I I wish everyone could see it. Don Knotts is a hero of mine. <laughs> I have no idea what any of this is about. It's crazy. It is the American Knotts is right from no. from Andy Griffith's show. He's the bug-eyed guy. He was Mister. He was after Mister Roper on Three's Company. He was a rubbernecky old guy. He was a landlord on Three's Company. He and he was very fay. I read recently in some bad Facebook meme that you know why everybody in Mayberry RFD was so happy because they were all oh. single. Andy Barney. Aunt B, Opie. The only one who was married was Otis Campbell, the town drunk, and he was always drunk. So being single is the key to happiness. Well, the other thing about this movie, though, is that he filled it. The, all the characters in it are character actors from Bewitched, from I Dream of Jeannie, from you know all these the great sixty. The, the, there's um, uh, Aunt Hagatha and Larry, um, Steve. The, the second Darren is in it. I mean, like <laughs> you recognize every single supporting actor in it from television in the nineteen sixties. It's just fantastic. Awesome. All right, number eight. Number eight. Last week, uh, Drag Race Down Under started. More of that later in the show. But I want to talk about a bit of a scoop. May 30th, Drag Race España will premiere on May 30th. It's Toto Kingdom. Are we? I mean, are we? <laughs> That's not even French. I mean, Spanish. <laughs> Anywho. I'm very excited about Drag Race España. Um, it's going to be hosted by, let me see, let me see, uh, Supreme Deluxe uh, and a locking and the two Javiers, also known as Los Javis. Now, the two Javiers are their partners, their boyfriends. They met, I think, in 2010. So they're, they're long term lovers. They're both called Javier, Javier Ambrosi and Javier Calvo. And they're both incredibly good looking. They are both actors and they met and fell in love. And then they created together Fenino, the incredible oh, yeah, sure. Fenino, right? The yeah, okay. hit, um, have you watched Netflix, it? Games? Right? Yeah. Have you Netflix watched show about a, a, a very famous transgender uh, performer, right? In, in Spain. Yes, it chronicles the life of Spanish entertainer and trans pioneer Cristina Lavenina Ortiz. And the show um, was groundbreaking when it came out. It was very inclusive of, of many trans actors and is, is based on a true story. And it's like those in the know, absolutely, I must confess, I've only watched a couple of episodes. I haven't watched the whole series. But those, everybody says this series is yeah. incredibly amazing. And I guess I'd heard things about Benino, but hadn't joined the dots that it was created by these two boyfriends. And these two boyfriends are two of the judges on Drag Race Hispania. It's incredibly yeah. cool and exciting. It's like having the Brokeback Mountain dudes on Drag Race, you know? And, <laughs> and, and you know, they're, they're in post-production now and they've been shooting it. And it just, the whole color palette, the whole look and feel is just... It's um, who is the? Uh, it's a, it's got a sort of Almodovar energy to it, you know. I can't wait. This will be the third non-English language version because we have obviously U.S., we have Canada, we have Down Under English, English, yes, and then mm -hmm. we've had Thailand, mm -hmm. Holland, mm -hmm. and now Espana. This is very exciting. But we right. did. Doesn't the chili one? Does that count as part of the chili? Does I mean the chili one is called the switch drag race, drag race. But technically, I guess it's the the Chilean the Chilean one was the first non English speaking. Right. right. 
which but is more of like a reimagining. It's great, but it's more of a reimagining. Yeah. These others are a little closer to the format, but again, each one takes on its own personality. I mean, it's really about the, the, the format is great and it works everywhere, but it's all about the Queens, the local Queens. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait. The Queens, but I'm very excited about these two judges because they're, they're real life lovers. They're gay, they're actors, they're producers. It's like, I've, I've, I guess I got a bit of a crush here going on. Do we think oh, that in a week you'll be announcing their Wow Present show? Ooh, <laughs> that would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Welcome, welcome, Dano. Mm-hmm. So there's the plug. Drag Race Espana officially launching May 30th on Wow Presents Plus worldwide, excluding Spain, because in Spain it's going to be on Atres Player Premium. So sign up now on wowpresentsplus.com. All right, should we take a quick question from Blake and then a break? Let's do it. I learned this one on Jeopardy, so it's really good. Um, how much... <laughs> what? been reading. How much does it cost to produce a penny? So good. Hey, All right, you're listening. How much does it cost to produce a penny, Hanny? <laughs> I'm trying to think of something to do with spending a penny. Anyway, I'm not going to do it. Okay. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy Sirius XM. We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. All right. Welcome back to The Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and James and Blake. Um, and we had a question. Yeah. I learned this one on Jeopardy the other day. How much does it cost to... Produce a penny, Hanny. I'm going to say two cents. Okay. I was going to say like a, like a penny and a half or something. What? Fenton. Not a pence. <laughs> I, I guess it's a tenth of a penny. No, it is two cents. So it's double the cost to produce. So you lose, you, you're losing money every time you make a penny. Why don't we just get rid of pennies altogether? I just well, don't understand. Hasn't that been like an, a, a discussion for a while? Like, should yeah. we get rid of pennies? Sure. I, don't know. I tell you, I've not gone to the ATM in over a year. Like, I, well, do they still have pay pennies in, in England? Do we have, um, yeah, I think we have pennies. I think we no, do. hay pennies, half pennies. Oh, hay pennies. No, no hay pennies, no. Is that since and, like um, the 19th century they've been gone? <laughs> but since you raised the subject, we used to, did you, do you hear a threepence? We used to have a threepence. Yes. Is that Love three pennies? Threepence. Uh, yes, it's three pennies. And then there was oh. a sixpence, too. Like sixpence, none the richer. Right. It's... <laughs> And of course, none of it makes any sense because that was all pre-decimalization. If you haven't got a penny, then a hey penny will do. If you haven't got a hey penny, then God, God bless, bless you. you. <laughs> We're kind of round from there. You are, or was that the echo in my, in my microphone? Oh, it cured it, right? Like your microphone's like having the hiccups. <laughs> you know. Uh, we kind of down top ten things that made us go wow, and we've reached number seven. Number seven. Guys, I'm famous for my rest in peace uh, segments, but we lost a great actress this past week, Olympia Dukakis. And, you know, it's crazy. And the reason that these things, because, you know, Olympia Dukakis is not top of mind for me. I don't have posters of Olivia Dukakis in my house now. (laughs) I I wish you did. (laughs) Nor did I have them growing up. But she gave a number of just outstanding performances. Um, she was an incredible ally without being sort of brassy noisy about it to eight, you know, to eight, the gay community during the AIDS crisis. Um, I saw very few, my parents went to very few movies in their adult life. They just wasn't a thing they did. They stayed home, watched TV and watched things there, but they came to visit me, I think in 87. And we went and saw Moonstruck as a family and what a great movie Moonstruck is. And how and Cher steals all the thunder as well as she should. But Miss Olivia Dukakis won an Oscar that year, too, for Best Supporting Actress. And you remember, she's sort of this uh, f- uh, frustrated housewife a bit, uh, Cher's mother. And she ends up, and her husband's having an affair uh, with uh, Anita Gillette, which is a name that will only resonate with me and RuPaul, probably. But um, uh, And she goes out 
on a date of her own with uh, the actor who played Frazier's dad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, and she, at the, the end of the day, decides not to, not to have an affair with him. But like, and she has that great lie, which I'll butcher, but she's like, so, you know, like when, when, when uh, 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 Nicholas Cage finally proposes to share at the end and it's all over in the craziness and he goes, and she puts, he goes, but do you love him? Do you love him? She goes, yeah, my love him like hell. She's like, oh no. Cause once you love somebody, <laughs> yeah. you're in for kind of like a life of heartache. Is um, Olympia Dukakis's husband in Moonstruck, is it Danny Aiello? No, no Danny Aiello is the uncle, isn't he? Did he pass away this week too? No, he Danny thought, passed away a long time ago. Okay, because somebody would put that up there. I thought it was old, so he's passed. She also was in um, uh, uh, Steel Magnolias, the movie, which I kind of poo-pooed at the time, but I've seen on television, and I have wept copiously. And that scene where Sally Field almost wins her third Oscar, where she's, you know, it's the funeral, and she's so upset that Shelby's dead, and, you know, and she's crying and weeping and out of control. So uh, uh, Olympia Dukakis' character says, here. Hit her, and she pulls up Shirley MacLaine's character. And goes, nah, just really hit her hard. She goes, what are you crazy? She goes, come on, give it to her. Just amazing, and she had a huge role. I've never really seen the tales in the city. Uh, uh, it was the, it was an anagram, Mrs. Uh, uh, it was an anagram for something. Anyway, uh, keep keep going. Yeah, um, Mrs. Madrigal, Mrs. Madrigal. There you go. There you go. Um, I will just uh, relay these uh, condolences via Twitter from Cher. Um, I wrote this hours ago, but didn't hit tweet. Shad face. Heard Olympia was so sick. Called her daughter and said, could I talk to her? She said she might not hear or speak. I called into the receiver. Olympia, it's Cher. Love you. Remember Moonstruck? She said, (laughs) oh, Cher, I love you. She was weak but happy. Oh, Cher. And then Dolly Parton, who's also with her in in, in Sil Magnolia, said, and I think this really sums up a lot of our relationships in life, which is like, she says, I was so sorry to hear that Olympia Dukakis had passed away. She's, she has been one of my favorite people that I've ever known or worked with. I really got very close to her and felt like we were good friends. Even though I didn't get to see her much, I thought of her often and knew that she was such a quality human being. She'll be missed by her fans, her family, and for those of us who are lucky enough to get to know her personally. There's so many people that kind of fit that category, people you've come across in life who have impressed you so much, who you've had such a bond with, and then life moves on, but it doesn't take, you know, think about the people you think about often, but don't really stay in touch with. And it just, I don't well, know. Isn't it that, that, that beautiful saying about people who leave footprints in your heart or something? Yeah, I get corny, but uh, mm. rest in peace, rest in perfection, Olympia. I'm a little shocked that you did a Cher impersonation, but not a Dolly impersonation. Oh my gosh, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do a few. <laughs> I guess there's no place to giggle. There's no place to giggle. Thank you. Rest in perfection, Olivia Dukakis. Moving on to number six, James. Number six. Well, I know we aren't supposed to talk about it because I've just been told not to talk about it by a number of people, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, because Janet Mock had a bit of a, a, of a breakdown this week at the premiere of the pose season three. Um, She, and people are evenly divided on Twitter, whether this is the most brilliant thing she's ever done, whether it was fabulous and by God, call out the shit when you see it or whether she crossed a few lines and she might have hurt her career a little bit. She had took the microphone and started immediately talking about the quality of writing on the show and how it had gone to shit and how, she, how irritated she was with that. And she called out Ryan Murphy for, for being, for, I don't know what she could, she called him out for, but she called out Hollywood for its bullshit is what she said. Right. She's tired of the, of the FM bullshit of Hollywood. And all of that, yes, call out Hollywood for its bullshit. Call out quality of writing if if you're on a show and you see it going downhill. All of that's fine. Then she called her boyfriend and she said, she said, Angel, stand up. And then she proceeded to tell him that she cheated on him with one of the crew members of she the show. She fucked somebody in the crew. With somebody. And she and cheated on her boyfriend who's a cast member of the show. 
Yes, yes, she cheated on her boyfriend, but and and, and called him, had him stand up, and he thought he was he was gonna, she was going to say how much she loved him, and instead she said, "Aha, I cheated on you with one of the crew members, and you know I'm not ready to leave you." Blah blah blah. But it's sort of like keep your messiness off of the microphone. Maybe it's the hard other to know thing. If you were drunk or yeah. had well, a we don't know break. any of that. We we don't know. Um, but then the the thing that really got in my craw, that really stuck in my craw, was when she started complaining that she only makes forty thousand dollars an episode. How dare they pay me forty thousand an episode? And I don't know. I think I would be pretty happy to be paid forty thousand an episode for a cable show when it's your first job in the industry. I mean, you really. It, it's it's a hard thing to to and some are it's been underreported to your point forget about twitter for a second but even different press outlets like page six which can be a little scandalous sort yeah. of broke it down as like a major meltdown people major faux pas that she was immediately regretful that it like it's like you know it does you know she has a big deal at netflix which ryan murphy helped her get you know which she's developing other programs with them I so, know as somebody but, but who my, worked- my point is is that you signed the contract that said 40,000 an episode and that was the time to negotiate and that was the time to say I believe I'm worth more than that. I don't know that anybody really is worth more than 40,000 and if you start making 100, a million, 2 million, then that's just frosting and you should be happy, but I think that 40,000 nobody should be complaining about 40,000 an episode. Right? And I think it's been kind of underreported, swept under the rug a little bit, because I don't think anybody wants to kill the dream. I mean, you know, what Ryan Murphy and and Janet Mock and Our Lady J and all those producers. Oh, that was the other thing. She also admitted to throwing Lady J under and treating her poorly to try and make herself feel better. The trans writer that she was, she had been diminishing her all throughout. Yeah. And but it's, it's just it's, you, you, you hate to judge someone by their worst moment, and you don't, you know, true. whether Janet is or has taken upon the mantle of being like a role model for all trans people. I think it's too much for any person to take. Never be a pillar of what you do; just be a worker among workers. Because you know, shit I, I think of myself as a bit of a pillar, and I don't have a problem with that. But no, you're a pill, darling. You're a pill. It's very different. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was just it's just fascinating food for food to ch- food for thought. Something to think, on. That, that just from an etiquette point of view, you shouldn't call out the show you've produced at your own premiere. It just seems a weird thing That's to do. Lesson. That's the lesson to learn. Yeah. And like <laughs> I said, feelings, don't don't vent them publicly. And then and then I mean, is there a invest I hate to say this, but in this day and age, is there an investigation going on now about the fact that she slept with someone in her crew that I don't know. It just, it's yeah, I mean, that, that is, I don't know that you should, I, I don't, I mean, it's a crazy world. Yeah. It is a crazy world, but some things are let a Beth's on said, right? That's what I was brought up to say a thing. And this is just to say that Pose is back on the air and I'm watching it actually. I'm two episodes in. So watch Pose. It's the third and final season, apparently by their own design. So, all right, moving on. Number eight. No, <laughs> number five. five. Number five. The Innocent. It is a, a sort of uh, thriller on Netflix. Um, it's actually written by Harlan Coben. Oh, who has... It's my mother's favorite author. Oh, right. Okay. So he's written lots of books. The Stranger, yes. The Woods, Safe. And he did a deal, a multi-year deal with Netflix a few years ago. Um, and the interesting twist is that even though he's American and all his books, I think most of them are set in America, the Netflix idea or his idea was to produce these versions of his books. I think they're adapting 12 or 15 of them, but to do each one in a different country. And so this one is set in Spain, even though it's originally written and set in America, it's now set in Spain. And it's the sort of premises that this guy, Mateo, who was in law school and he went out with his brother to a club and there was a sort of fight and a take it outside. And in the scuffle, he accidentally kills a guy. And life is ruined. He goes to prison. And then after he comes out of prison, rebuilds his life, becomes a lawyer. And then, oh, I don't know. It's incredibly complicated. <laughs> it's, it's like I am finding that these um, 
a lot of the stories, I mean, it's just hard to follow a lot of the stories. I mean, but it is really intriguing. And so you have one whole episode and it's about him and his wife and his wife goes off on a business trip. But then suddenly he's seeing his wife in a hotel room with a stranger wearing a blonde wig. And you're like, what's going on? You don't know what's going on. And then the next episode, even before you found out what's going on, is a totally different character's point of view. And you're in a totally different story. And it's the nun who committed suicide by jumping out of the window of a monastery, except she couldn't possibly have committed suicide. And only at the end does it connect. But it's maddening because you only connected two dots. And you know you've got to keep watching to connect them all. I was sort of hoping. Is this is it really that that you're having trouble following it, or are you just are you not looking at the screen and looking? Are you drunk? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, I I I sometimes find that I can't follow the plot of Murder She Wrote if I'm if if I don't really pay really close attention. You should tune in the last ten minutes because they really really ties together in the last (laughs) ten minutes. Murder She Wrote. I find that like. I mean, I find this with the MCU, the Marvel um, character universe, that it's just plots are getting too complicated. Like, yeah. why does it I have mean, to if be you, so you have to fill up five episodes of a Netflix show, you do have to have a lot of plot going on. Why can't you just wallow in the moment? Why do you have to have plot on a plot on a plot? I guess people figure this out on their own, but maybe um, the ratings on movies should, and stream movies should include, like, this is something you can multi-screen or this is something that will... <laughs> Involve all of your attention. Like this is something you can like bake cookies and do the New York crosser puzzle. I know exactly what you're saying here. You're saying I'm not paying attention, and that's the that's problem. exactly what we've been saying. But you weren't yeah. paying attention while we said somebody's it. doing their laundry. Okay. I mean, have you got the on your Netflix? Do you have this button where you can actually speed up the playback so you get through it quicker? Because that's I, a problem, too. Because I you would know, never do that up. in a million years. Oh, God. Right. All right. Well, that's The Innocent um, on Netflix. Um, let's take a break. Hey, uh, X-Plant. I'm going to tell you about X-Plant, which is uh, our new documentary from Wow Dogs with Michelle Visage. And we go on her journey to discover what breast implant illness is all about. And it ultimately leads, spoiler alert, to her, well, it's explant. She has her implants exed, removed. Fascinating. I can't wait to see it. It's everything you want to know about breast implants, but from Michelle's point of view. It's a very personal, I mean, there's a huge controversy worldwide about the poison of of implants still, and Michelle is part of this movement that sort of self-taught and self-educated about the, the uh, the toxic nature of it all. Um, That's absolutely she, right. She took a very drastic step. You might, we should have, uh, I'm supposed to be on vacation next week. Who knows if I'll actually do it, but maybe Michelle should come on. You guys should talk about it. More. I'd oh, love to see Michelle. It's not actually premiering until June the 13th at the Tribeca Film Festival. Mm. So we'll have she, her on. She can still come on. It's true. It's true. Might be a bit early. That's absolutely no, Michelle Vassal. <laughs> Blake draws a line. <laughs> I've got a question. Good. Um, So I was thinking since everyone is starting to travel again, I was just like, if you could, how could, how long would it take to fly around the entire world? Like on a commercial airline. In one nonstop flight, right? Yep. And this is in hours. Oh, not, not the metric. We're going to deal with the hours. I was going to do it in minutes. I was going to try and figure it out in minutes. No, not minutes. The wow report on radio, Andy. And we'll have the question right after the question. Well, the answer to the question right after the break. You're listening to world of wonders. Wow. Report things that make us go. Wow. Welcome back to the wow report. I'm Fenton here with John. John. Yes. John. Welcome back to the Wow Report. That's John, James, and Tom had a child, and we call it John. John John St. John. (laughs) With Tom and James St. James, and of course, Blake, who had a very tantalizing question. Yes, I asked if you could fly nonstop around the world, how long would it take in hours? 47. I think it's 30. 
You didn't say nonstop, and I was to tell you from experience because I just flew around the world that I left January second and I returned on May thirtieth, March thirtieth. So I think your arms tired. What's your arms tired? Boy, were they tired. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm going to say uh, 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 41. James was the closest. It was approximately 51 hours. Oh, wow. ding dong. Which I thought was a long time, but. Well, no, wait, but it's only the closest because he said. I said 41. Yeah. I said 47. Oh, it was 51. Oh, we'll do a whole math thing next show. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. We'll do math. Yeah. Get back to school, man. Things back. Okay, <laughs> number four. Counting down. Number four. Okay, my casual sampling of one show has turned into a full-on obsession, and it's on PBS, and it's Finding Your Roots with educator Henry Louis Gates Jr. Mm-hmm. The show is not new. It's been on for many seasons. You know, you know what I'm talking about, James? This is the one where they, they do your genealogy for yes, you? Yes, yes. You don't go all around. There's one, on, there's one that Lisa Kudrow produces, like, like, I forget what it's called, which is also good. But this one, you just come. That one's called Who, the, who Do You Think You Are? Who Do You Think You Are? Which, which came good. first, Blake? Who Do You Think You Are or Finding Your Roots? I think Who Do You Think You Are? I think it did, too. But I, when I was looking at this, researching for today's show, I saw that it has eight seasons, Finding Your Roots does. Yes. So that's a lot. And they've had RuPaul on the, I think that what's really attractive is they do all the research for you. And then you come to them and sit down at this table and they have this scrapbook that basically, you know, they, they open like, do you want to see the man who was your great, great grandfather? It's like, yes, I would turn the page. And, you know, there's excerpts and things. And most recently there was one with Jane Lynch and Jim Gaffigan. They, they do two stories and they cut back and forth and they both of Irish descent. And you were, you know, there's so many things to learn, but you learned that how horribly the Irish were treated in this country. They were lower than dirt. No blacks, no dogs, no Irish were signs that were all over New York city. And there were all these um, ads for, uh, I mean, you know, advertisements for like looking for a nanny must be well kept at no Irish. Yeah. And uh, they were both Irish. Um, There was a settlement in Maine that was heavily Irish where there was a, a insurrection and people fled. They like, they burnt down the town and Jim Gaffigan's family moved to Iowa to escape that, you know, and you, and you see how family did things. Um, John Lithgow was on recently and they trace, he was like the gold mine because they, he was, has, which he didn't know descendants that go back to the Mayflower. He had, he had a, a great, 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 that was on the Mayflower. And you realize that, I don't know, something like a thousand people on the Mayflower are making up numbers and half of them died the first winter. So you just start to, in little moments like that, the whole thing, just the, the little loopholes our gene pool has jumped through or you know jumped across. And then most recently they had uh, Pharrell Williams and this uh, d- the d- wonderful director, uh, she most recently did uh, Harriet, the Harriet Tubman story. And I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, but it's like Kessie Lemons. They're both of African American descent, and Lemons, yeah. And Pharrell Pharrell Williams, they did the it was the first time ever they stopped down and they brought him back because he was so moved. They found back to his sla- you know slavery to like his great 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 grandmother grandfather's sister, and she had been part in the 1930s. She lived very long of like a a, a, a transcription of her life, and he found out who their slave owner was. They found out how he treated their slaves. Um, at one point they said, do you want to see the face of the man that owned your, your family? And it was a picture of this a really unflattering, angry picture of this white man. And Pharrell was like, I, I don't even know what to do. Like I'm blind. And he's somebody, he admitted, he goes, I don't like to show my emotions. And he's, and you know, and, and the host is also African-American. He goes, I'm angry. He goes, you should be angry. He goes, I don't know where to put this rage. He goes, you should be, you know, like he was just very supportive, but he couldn't respond emotionally. And he's like, I have to stop because I am a humanitarian. I love people. I always find something to love about them. And in this moment, I'm filled with hate and rage. And it was just like, Ooh. again, there was no histrionics, but it was just palpable. And then with Cassie Lemons, they were able to, uh, find out through genealogy and research, but basically who her, because she's very light-skinned and she's like 48% European, but they were able to figure out uh, because of 
they, they deduced because she lit her great, 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 great grandmother was single, but lived next to someone from the plantation, you know, like, like mm-hmm. after slavery. So she was clearly his lover or whatever that relationship, whatever they call that kind of relationship. And, and then the other thing about her relatives was one was on a plantation. He was treated very badly, but when they went to war, a lot of black slaves were asked to accompany the people they, they were enslaved to. So he went to war with his master's son and were they got they were captured in Mississippi where the where the the uh, the uh, Union troops freed the slaves, but he went he chose to go home to Alabama to be in slavery. And they're like, why? And they're like, well, he had a wife and children. You know, like this, you just start to it, this it, through the genealogy, they're able to make all these deductions and and suppositions that are so heart rendering from someone sitting at a table and them revealing in rather dry way the results and it's really moving and they're on available on demand and uh i, I used to always slip by it kind of like a uh, road you know antique road show like oh that's on again and now i i make a point to watch it so uh finding your route a, a book uh this is from this is from my mother's side of the family that hit, traces the our genealogy Back to it starts with Barnabas Ellis. You can't read it, but a man named Barnabas Ellis, who in 1769 gets married to this woman and then he fights in the Revolutionary War. And he was my great, 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 great grandfather, I guess it was five times. And so it traces from Barnabas Ellis all the way down to to me and my sister. And it's really fascinating to go through and all the different people like you can go online now and type in the two names and, tr- and find out what they were doing. And one of there was like a, a governor in North Carolina, one of the first governors. It's like it's just fascinating. I just love all that stuff. I really get into those those. Uh, and I think maybe as an adopted person, I find it even more interesting, you know, because it's yeah. just sort of like I, I don't know. So I, I love all that. All these episodes have been amazing. The Pharrell and the, the Cassie Lemons one, I, I was breathless watching it. Like I was like on the edge of my seat, not knowing what was going to happen next. Wow. Watch Finding Your Roots on the PBS app or PBS.org. By the way, I will just say that Who Do You Think You Are started in the UK in 2004. And um, so that's also, if you like that kind of thing, you might enjoy that, that series too. James, number three. Number three. Number three, we have some news of the weird. Uh, a female prisoner who smuggled a gun into the county jail to when she was beginning her, her sentence, and they discovered the gun in her vagina. I she, knew we were going there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, her name was Amy Willett. She pleaded guilty to sneaking the, the revolver into the Boone County Jail. Um, the firearm was fully loaded with five rounds when she brought it into lockup. Um, and she said she was bringing it for another prisoner, but now all the other prisoners said, no, it was hers. I just want to read some of the, the tweets that people went a little bananas on, on this story. Her body, her choice. Uh, if it fits, you must acquit. Um, uh, how fitting for a woman of that caliber. Uh, that's a pea shooter said someone. Uh, uh, is that a gun in your vagina or are you happy to see me? What if she just forgot it there with her keys and other stuff? Said so she likes to bang. Wow, talk <laughs> about vaginal discharge. Oh. Uh, oh. Always keep your gun lubricated. Uh, it's a pistol. Get it? Like this. Oh. Uh, that is one big vagina. Was it cocked? And she put uh, the pee and pistol. <laughs> gun smuggling is not cool, but I do admire her creativity, said another person. Uh, so that was just a, a very quick news of the weird. We can move right along. <laughs> well, you can read this and other quality news items on the Wow Report. Okay, number two. Um, number two. That's a tough one to follow, James. Like, <laughs> but it's, I will just say it is spring on Wow Presents Plus, and I wanted to talk with Tom a little bit about Drag Race Down Under because we haven't really been able to talk about it, you know, and how it. It was received. It just it just started last week. Um, the Australian queens. Oh my god, they're so. And the New Zealand queens. It's a combo. It's a combo. Oh, platter. Course, that's great, right? Yes, that's great. Right. But they are they are rude and 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 free of tongue 
and fabulously campy and just a black un, 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 unfiltered would be the proper way of saying it but they really go for it without being <laughs> i don't think they're also dastardly mean i just think that's the way they that's the oh, they, but like they also but, mean but they they all love it they love being mean to each other that's what i they mean like, they can like, take it they can take it right Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's like, a bit like the Brits. You know, I mean, the Brit the Brits will insult you, and that's and if you can take it, then they love you. You know, I mean, that's that's just how British drag queens are. Yes. Um, it's 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 I you know Tom when we were sitting there watching them tape it, I you 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 sort of maybe get used to it, or you just you for you tend to forget how I, I just thought oh people are going to be like oh that's nice, but. Some of the reviews were just, oh my gosh! It was like it was like almost when you get an old crown of jewels and you're cleaning it off, and suddenly it's sparkling in a way yes. that you don't remember. I'm talking about my I tiara, always, you know. I always feel like um, when we, we, you know, the part that the control room that we see and produce is mostly the judges panel and thing. You know, it, it's it's sort of the you know the 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 set pieces. What you don't get to see until it's on the air. Of course, you're watching cuts and you know. But with the other half of the story are the confessionals and the workroom, you know, a verite. And I, you know, everyone knows this, but you can win RuPaul's Drag Race in drag, or you can win it out of drag. You know what I'm saying? Like your, your boy drag and your boy persona—that's fifty percent of the show, at least. So people fall in love with both sides, and to see both, I think, is part of the magic of the show. You just never know how people are going to take it. That's the it. Yes. It's sort of when it's out of context and when it's sort of other people see it, it's quite. You're like, oh yeah, wow. James, have you partaken? Yeah, no, I haven't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, sort of do it this weekend. I'm gonna uh, do a binge. Well, you, you can, you can uh, give us a cold slap of reality, but it seems to be pretty well received. You know, it, no secret and no shame, but it's a lower budget production than we've done in the UK, even much lower than the US. But there's something, and I said already this show, but it's something about the format that translates or it works with different people. And then there's something about drag and drag queens that just are so, you know, they're resourceful and they make it work and they're entertaining and they give their all. And, uh, um, and there's, uh, it, what's nice is that drag race is kind of a worldwide thing. Drag queens kind of respect it and look up to it. So just them being there, their level of excitement and commitment to really going for, it. it's not an easy show. You have to really put yourself out there and they do it. And I really think that's what comes through is, is the, you know, the stakes are, it's a silly competition show, but the stakes are that they're, they're there to win. They're in it 110%. And that's really, it's just fun to watch creative people, you know, going for it. So that's a nice addition for spring and it's on Wire Presents Plus. Other shows, uh, there's uh, Priyanka, What's My Game? Um, the winner, of course, of Drag Race Canada, season one. Uh, Raven and Rogers, Fashion Photo Review, uh, special Drag Race Down Under edition. Losing is the new winning, um, where we each week, one of the queens from CUK season one returns to talk about their journey post drag race. Gothy Kendall is the first, is the first guest and so much more. So let's take a break. Okay. No question this time, right? No, no question. Same All right. You're listening to Wow Report on radio and he. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with James and Tom, and we've been counting down top 10 things that make us go wow. And of course, we've reached number one. Number one. What's a terrible one? confession to make. You know, we all fight for our own slots. Mine are 10, 7, 4. You know, James is the other. But we all, and we all are very dismissive of what is number one, which is the the, the piece de resistance of the show. It's what keeps thousands. It should be the most important. Yes. Millions of people stay tuned. They, they're hovering on freeways. They're waiting in their garage. They're, they're, they're risking asphyxiation just to hear what's number one. And, and, and yet, I'm not quite none sure of us will figure it. None, none of us will bother to figure it out. Do we have anything? Because I had you chose the number one, James. You I pitched said. number two, but I never heard back from either of you. So I, I figured that it. Didn't I got, I got back to you, exciting. and I thought that the second one you wanted to do was it, Caitlyn Jenner. Yes, I think it's Wicked Witchy Poo. Well, are they that different? Are they that different? <laughs> uh, we, you know, to to Fenton, um, number one is the great uh, Billy Hayes died this week, uh, who was famous the world over uh, in ch- 
real icon of children's television. She was Witchy Poo on HR Puff and stuff. And she was also the genie on Lidsville. She also had a, a, a stint on um, General Hospital in the 80s for, for a long time. She was sort of beloved on that as well. Um, uh, and just, it, you know, she, she was, you'd recognize her immediately if you saw her. She was sort of an older woman, but she was very spunky and very sort of butch in a way. She was on The Monkees. She was on Broadway a lot. Um, but the other big story that of, of the week is that um, Caitlyn Jenner, dropped her first um political ad and it is a doozy she uh, go ahead the ad is a mountain of emptiness yeah (laughs) she speaks in cliches like let's put the gold back in the golden state and what kills me the most because we know where she lives and what her house looks like because of the Caitlyn show on, on E. The whole thing is lots of footage of, you know, a lot of B-roll that they bought from some company. But she is in her house and on the top of that mountain in Malibu. That's it. And yeah, she's looking so, down from her mountain. She yeah. is so alone. She has, And she's talking about, you know, uh, money for families that are dealing with kids in preschool. Like she has no idea what that life is. And she just sticks to that stupid pat Republican. I want, you know, look, you know, fiscal responsibility, social liberal, you know, follow the constitution, blah, blah. Don't raise my taxes. Shit. And she's just the worst. And I'm hoping that I can't imagine and her. I know her sons have come out against her campaign. I can't imagine. And the Kardashians have said nothing and aren't really that into it. Well, I, I mean, Im- you know, the, the gay community is not going to vote for her. The Republicans are not going to vote for her. The Democrats are not going to vote for her. Is there anybody out there who is thinking, yay, let's 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 elect Caitlin? I you know who anyone. you know who I bet could save this? Who? Kendall with a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. She just handed us a if Kendall would just give some Republicans a Pepsi, then everything would be okay. She does. She goes on a bit about how um, when she was in the Olympics and this and that. But then earlier this week, she came out against trans children in sports, which is uh, what do you where, where do you stand? Where do you stand on these things? If you, if there were no trans people in sports, you never would have been in the Olympics. It's a, she's very confusing. You know, it's funny, you know, I, I have to admit my experience is that when Caitlin came out as trans, it changed the conversation around trans and more trans things have come to the forefront and trans programming and all that happened around the same time. And somewhat because of the visibility that, 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 that Caitlin gave it. So I give her points for that. And after that, I find her to be kind of a, uh, she's, a, she's a traitor. She's a horror show. She's just a terrible, terrible kind of person. self-involved in a way that's not attractive. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that works in politics. I hope it doesn't work this time. Yeah, and I'm not a Gavin Newsom fan at all. And I know I, yeah, I vote I, him out in two years. This whole recall thing is ridiculous. It's like yeah, I find him I find him greasy and weird, and I don't like that he he was with Kimberly Gafoil. I just find there's just a whole <laughs> bunch of weirdness with him. I don't like his haircut. I think his haircut is reason enough to vote him out of office. All right, good, James. That's why, and that's why the Wow Report will be replaced by James St. James on politics next week. We'll we'll break down the hairdos. One thing that uh, Janet Marcus said that Caitlin does not represent the trans community. So just add that into the mix. That's all we got time for. Thanks for tuning into the Wow Report. Um, Thank you, Tom. Thank you, James. Thank you, Blake. I'll try to do better next time. Um, same time, same place next week. Until then, go out and do something that makes the world go wow. Wow.